Davis brilliantly. Gunston, Burgoyne to put them in front. He doesn't miss. He's kicked three. Hawthorne back in front. Boundary throw in. Hale, body to body with Sandilands. A remarkable athlete. Knocked it to the wrong man. Bruce. Bruce goes through and kicks a goal. Still with Rioli. Real chance. Hawthorne are in now. Rioli pinpoint. Kick the full forward. Burgoyne with Mackey. What a big play. Burgoyne gets it back. Gunston's got four. And they're coming now. Hey folks, it's great to be back again on Radio Karam and of course our show our Hawthorne Obsession. And folks, it's been a roller coaster ride this year with Hawthorne supporters have been through everything. And uh, but I think we've ended the season with a sort of a feeling of hope for the future. Michael, welcome back to Hawthorne Obsession. It's great to have you back again. How have you seen this year? Yeah, hi Marcus. It's good to be back. I don't, we haven't recorded in a long time. I think if I'm right. I think we didn't. Re- the last time we recorded was mid-season. I think we had a game against West Coast, and that was probably the lowest point of the season. So, a lot's changed, probably for the good since then. Um, we've seen a lot of good young players come through, and I think we won three three games in a row at one point. Which I I, I mean I got to say at one point in the season I didn't think we'd be winning three games in a row for a very long time. But so. Yeah, it was a good end to the season. Uh, I, I'm amazed or shocked that we didn't finish in the bottom four in the end. So, uh, yeah, I, I think things are looking pretty positive, but a lot's happened, so there's a bit to, to talk about. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really great finish, which gave us all of us uh, a sort of lot of hope for the future. And I guess, you know, we started the season with a couple of young players in the team, you know, Brockman was there in the forward line and CJ was uh, bursting out of the back line, uh, dodging all those Essendon players, driving the ball forward. I think those sort of moments were few, far and few, few and far between the first half of the season. I think that West Coast game was probably the lowest point, pretty close to it, because that was a dreadful game of football and we were dreadful that particular day. And I reckon that was about it for that. But... Uh, is the last sort of, you know, let me think, the last few weeks, especially, I mean, that GWS win was fantastic with Timmy O'Brien taking his specky and, you know, Lockie Bramble, I think it was about his second game and he was like just showing us something already. And uh, I don't know, the excitement just continued from that point on, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. We had eight debutants this season. Um, I'll just quickly run through them. We've got uh, Jacob Kaczynski, Tyler Brockman, Ned Reeves, Emerson Jacker, Lockie Bramble, uh, Jai Newcomb, Denver, Granger, Barras, and Connor Downey. And I think most of those guys, if not all of them, you could make a, a case that showed quite a bit this season or at least showed something. Uh, the, the, particularly these ones in the second half of the year, because uh, at the point that we had last spoken, uh, Bramble, Newcomb, uh, Granger, Barras, and, and Downey hadn't played any footy at all. I know Downey only played the one game, but um, particularly it was Bramble uh, and Newcomb really came on and 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 had a lot of impact. I thought for and it was it was strange considering both of those guys were well. I think Newcomb Newcomb was in the mid season draft, so he wasn't even on the list when we last spoke. And uh, and Bramble just sort of came out of nowhere. He was a list replacement. He wasn't even actually drafted. He was a list replacement for Tom Scully 
who retired uh, early into the year after the list lodgement had finalised. So Lockie Bramble was a replacement for him. And, and both of those guys looked really good, particularly Bramble, I would say, who is uh, maybe one, one of our most exciting young players. So, yeah, uh, we sort of... A, a, a few players sort of came from nowhere. And, and, and do you know what was also exciting? While we're watching these young players, we're thinking about those players who aren't playing... Those players who are injured, who we know they're going to come back next year. So just just thinking about that just made everything seem quite beautiful and hopeful for the end of the year. I don't know. I was pretty excited as uh, as the season played out. We had these players out of nowhere like, you know, even, even, even Granger Barras, we got to see him and what he could possibly do. And there was just a lot of hope. And, and of course, I don't know about you, Michael, but whenever I'm looking at our team, I'm looking at the opposition. So... Last weekend, I sat down, I looked at all the games. I thought, okay, so these are the benchmark teams. And you know what? A lot of those teams look exactly the same. They play exactly the same brand of footy, which I think derived from Clarkson back in the day. But they look all the same. And I I reckon Mitchell might be trying to find a, hopefully trying to find a different way to actually differentiate us from those teams because... There's a lot of sameness about footy teams nowadays, and I reckon that we can find something. With the mixture of players we've got, they sort of different looked to the way they sort of handle themselves than to some of these other teams. Oh, maybe I'm being crazily hopeful, but I think we've got a different bunch of players to what the other clubs have in some ways, especially in the back line. Uh, well, how do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, we've got more intercept defenders than than yeah, other I, teams I th- in the competition. I think we've got yeah, intercept defenders, but also they seem to be more creative players. I think about CJ and what he what he can possibly do. I think you know, uh, Will Day, how he's such a creative player. There's there's things about these blokes, Lockie Bramble, that just look a little bit different to my way of thinking than the other teams. I, I mean, I, maybe I'm just looking at rose-coloured glass, but <laughs> that's possible. But I've got a funny feeling that we may have a bit of a... I may be getting ahead of myself, Michael, but we may have a bit of a premiership team in the making here, down the track, but there's something about the way they are which may shoot us up the ladder a little bit quicker than people originally thought. What do you reckon? Am I getting carried uh, away? Uh, I, I'm still not exactly sure what you mean by it being a bit different. Do you mean like we've got players with some X factor? Or, yes, yeah, um, plenty of that. Yeah. Well, I definitely think Day and, and Jath and, and Bramble have that X factor and, and even uh, Tyler Brockman. And Brass. Um, yeah, well, look, I, I think what we saw in the second half of the season was that there was actually a lot more young talent in the group than we thought. Yeah. And um, a, a lot of those guys I, I, I listed off before, like Ned Reeves was one that sort of came out of nowhere. Um, I, I didn't, re- I didn't know how good he was, but he really looks like a future player. As I said, Bramble and Newcomb completely came out of nowhere. Um, Granger Brass, we already knew about, but it was good that he finally played and, and looked good at AFL level. And, and yeah, and as you say, we missed a few all season. So like Sicily and Will Day and, and Gunston, they're probably the highest profile players that we missed all season. And, you know, uh, someone like Will Day, he could just be anything. So it was disappointing that he didn't get to play this season, but um, really looking forward to seeing him, him next year. 
Um, Jarman Impey also missed basically oh. the second half of the season. So, and he was he was yeah. having a stunning first half of the season too. I reckon. Yeah. So yeah, I think when we last spoke, there was we, we were wondering. I think we were thinking that maybe four or five players on the list looked like being the future. Now I think you know we'd probably extend that to be you know nearly ten, which is a pretty stunning considering the list didn't actually change apart from adding Bramble on, well, um, uh, adding uh, Newcomb on. The list didn't actually change. We we just saw more of these young guys come through. Jenna and even Connor Nash showing. Yeah, oh, like, yes. I mean, where Good did that point. come from? But clearly, you know, he's got some skills, and I mean, we thought he had some skills, but it seemed to. I don't know. I mean, he was on the way out the club. Far as he I was. See. But but he's, you know, he's back in town again. And well, one other thing I was, um, I can remember, it was maybe after that West Coast game, I was starting to worry whether we're going to finish bottom or not. <laughs> we seem to be yeah. going backwards very fast. And, uh, but, God, Father, you know, I, I didn't care about us going up the ladder. I didn't care about us getting... First draft, second draft. I just didn't mind us winning at all because, you know, just because you get a first or second or third draft doesn't mean you're going to, you know, get a gun player. Buddy was picked number five. Lewis was picked number seven. So, you know, I reckon I'm, we've done well this year. Uh, yeah, I, I think we have done pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was when we lost to North Melbourne was when I really started considering whether or not we were going to get the wooden spoon. And I was probably thinking it was more likely than not. Yeah. But, um, I mean, that, that that surge in the second half of the season, like we did, remember that we beat some pretty good teams. Uh, we had a draw against Melbourne. Uh, uh, we beat uh, the Bulldogs, beat Brisbane, uh, beat Sydney as beat well. GWS. So these are, beat GW, these are all teams that are in the finals. So, yeah, it was, uh, and, and even... Um, uh, you know, uh, having a draw against, I guess Richmond didn't have such a good year, but but if you compare the way we were playing at the start of the season to the way we finished the season, it was really night and day. So, yeah, hopefully they can bring that into next into next year. But um, I think we should move on a little bit to what has been a really significant, probably the most significant change of all, is that uh, Alistair Clarkson has departed the club, yeah. and we now move forward with Sam Mitchell as the senior coach. Marcus, how do you feel about not I don't really want to go over how it all transpired. No, no. I think that's been done to Everything's death. But done. how do you feel about Sam Mitchell going forward? Uh, look, Clarkson's been amazing for the club, and um, everyone knows that. And, but look, the reality is, he managed to coach us to the bottom, and uh, I mean, that's terrible to even think that's you know it was even happening. But it was actually happening, and. Uh, so having Sam Mitchell around, I know he's been doing well at Box Hill. And uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I look at the Box Hill, the way they play, it just looks a little bit, it was looking a little bit different to the seniors. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I reckon, let's see how we go. I think he'll be, a, I'm hoping he's going to be an amazing coach. He's um, certainly was an amazing player and he's had a, a, a good apprenticeship. So, you know. I guess anyone who's involved with the Clarkson uh, Coaching Academy tends to do well. So, Michael, I'm hoping he's an amazing coach. Yeah. Um, I guess um, when it comes to Alistair Clarkson, you can't really overstate um, how good he was for Hawthorne. Um, he's, probably, he's one of the 
biggest. I think he's one of the most. Uh, I think he'll go down as um, one of the all-time greats. Like up, probably up there with someone like John Kennedy Senior. I think in terms of his status and the legacy left at the club, I, I you don't you can't really get much better than than Alistair Clarkson really. So yeah, um, really sad to see him go. But uh, in terms of Sam Mitchell. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of unknown. You get a new coach, and just because he was a high-profile player, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a, a good coach. But he, I mean, everything that's sort of associated with him so far in regards to coaching has been pretty good. Like, you know, Box Hill did really well. Um, apparently, he was very good at West Coast. And that's the other thing as well. You know, not only did he have a lot of time under Clarkson, he went over to West Coast and, and was there during a premiership as well with Adam Simpson and all of them. So... That's another really good experience he can bring. I'm glad he went to another club first before coming back to Hawthorne. I just feel like that's a good thing, like that he gets another environment and then comes yeah. back and and uh, you know and he's already brought over um, Adrian Hickmott from from West Coast and I just I feel like that's all very positive him him bringing like getting a bit of a taste of other cultures and being able to compare that to to Hawthorne. So that all feels good. Um, I understand that he. I don't, now, I never know how much truth is in this sort of thing, but I understand that Lockie Bramble was a Sam Mitchell player, that he was the one who identified Bramble as as being um, really capable uh, at, of AFL-level footy. Um, and obviously, he's shown that he is. Uh, apparently, he also was the one who, can, who encouraged Connor Nash to go into the midfield. That was a Sam Mitchell thing. So... We were just hearing. It seems like everything that Sam Mitchell does tactically is 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 very positive. So hopefully that'll just hopefully that keeps going on and he, he becomes quite a good tactical mind for Hawthorne moving forward. So yeah, I, I we, we also know that the Collingwood were really keen on Sam Mitchell when we we're trying to get him, which is probably what probably what forced Hawthorne into into signing him in or locking him in earlier than expected. So. Mm. Yeah, he's got a very good resume. We'll put it that way. He has just one thing, Michael. I'm, um, I guess I was. I don't know. The suggestion was that maybe some players will leave the club because Clarkson's going, but I don't know. I haven't actually seen that. I I think the players like Gunston and I guess he was the one they were thinking might leave, but they there seems to be a feeling that they're all going to stay with Clark with um. Mitchell and uh, you know see how this all how this all plays out well you know um, I think with clubs that are down the bottom as we are at the moment it, usually the the kind of guys that leave in those situations would be more senior guys so we saw Isaac Smith leave last season um, so yeah maybe someone like Gunston will leave I don't know that'll all play out I guess over the next couple of months. Uh, I I I would suggest that have that would have a lot less to do with the coach than it would with the club's position, because um, you know all these guys they're professionals and they know that coaches come and go and and that there's a lot of change in football clubs and it's very performance based and I I I would I would think it would be unlikely that any of these guys would be so attached to one coach that you know if he leaves they they walk out on the club I mean that's just I think in today's sporting, professional sporting world, that would be a, a bit of an unsustainable uh, view to have or an unsustainable way to, to go about your career because there's just so much change all the time. Um, 
it's, and it's sort yeah. of it, it it affects everyone no matter how high status you are like look at Clarkson and and um you know and, and some of the other high profile players that have been moved on like it it, it comes for everyone in the end so I, I don't think you can really marry yourself to one coach or one player or, or or even one club now um there's just so much change that moves along so i i would be surprised if i mean unless there's something we don't know about i'd be surprised if anyone held a grudge against sam mitchell or the club because they changed coach yeah good one i got i tend to agree with you can i just put something out there i was maybe yeah. i was just getting a bit carried away with the potential of our list but well, here we go after yep. watching those other teams last weekend I, I mean, I was it, it underwhelmed me. I thought, oh god, and I thought this is we were better than this back in our heyday a few years ago, the way we played. But anyway, I started to get the feeling and sort of an excited feeling, Michael, that I reckon we're going to make the finals next year. I reckon if we can get all the players on the park all playing together. I've got a funny feeling we're going to play finals next year. Now, is that crazy? Uh, I wouldn't say it's completely crazy, we didn't but miss I this would year not put very that much, as... If you think about it, you know, we, no, we uh, didn't. We, but I still think that is highly optimistic. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, look, as I said before. In the second half of the season, we beat most of these teams, or at we least did. half of the teams that are in the finals. So Including I guess that does draws. point towards saying that we're not that far off. But I, you know, I mean, the, the, if you want to make the finals, you've got to sustain that sort of form for most of the year. You know, it is a really young team, the one we've got now. Um, is that capable of doing that for most of the year? Probably not. Uh, I think that, yeah, it's just going. It's only going to get younger next season because Burgoyne's left. Um, I don't think anyone else has left, but you know we're probably going to see more young guys introduced um, next season. So normally, with usually with very young teams, you don't get a lot of consistency. There's a bit of up and down um, as there was this season. So I think that'll probably keep us out of the finals. But uh, I think it's amazing that we could even consider finals, considering how bad it was not that long ago. But yeah, yeah look. I don't. I don't think we'll play finals next year. If we finish tenth next season, I would say that's pretty successful. That 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 shows that we're really heading in the right direction. But I don't think it'll be any higher than that. Now, Michael, uh, I just want you to put your uh, crystal ball on, turn it on. Uh, yeah. Can you give us a bit of a feel for which players do you think in twenty twenty two will be the ones who drive us forward towards uh, the finals? If we make the finals. (laughs) Uh, Well, hard to go past Will Day. I I can't believe how much better we look when he's in the team. Um, It's it's a pity he didn't play much this season. But when he did play, gosh, and that game against GWS was probably his best game. And it's one of the few that he played this season. But... Yeah, I was I was amazed at how much better he'd gotten in the space of twelve months as well. Um, he looked really good in his first year, but he seems to he, he looks like a star. Um, so, yeah, I, hopefully he can keep that up. But if we're if we're to play finals next year, I'm, at, I'm not saying we will. I don't think we will. Ooh. But if we were to, it would be someone like him having a, a great season where he plays every game. Um, Sicily as well. I think Lockie Brambles another one. Like you see. Can see how much improvement has come from from him playing, uh, and I think 
I really think to to be successful, you need really strong key position players. So I think if we were to have a really strong, successful season next year, um, we'd probably see guys like Kaczynski and Lewis building a really good partnership and playing every week rather than how... I think Mitch Lewis seems to be missing half of every year. So I, if there was just a bit of consistency there, I think um, I think that'd be... That that'd be something that would drive us towards making the finals. Uh, I, I think a few. I mean, I could go through a lot of players, but um, I think someone like Chad Wingard in form, like just how much impact that has as well. Um, like Day, I mean, we, we're just that much better when he's playing well. So, yeah, it'd be guys like that that would be um, sort of driving us forward. I would have thought, but we're not going to make the finals. I'm going to say it right now that that's not <laughs> happening next season. Because I was just thinking, even. Uh... Like there's a kid who was doing very well at Boxer, but he got injured. You know, I think a slightly injured, maybe got a bit of concussion or something. Seamus Mitchell, who was the the mystery man of uh, you keep talking to me about, but yeah. um, apparently he was doing very well. Uh, he's got some tricks, so he'll come into the forward line. You know, Dylan Moore, my God, yeah, he had a blinder season. Um, you know, he got better as the year went did, on. He really he finished did. the season very strongly. He Dylan did. Uh, who else we got here? I'm just going for the. The list here. Well, Jeff um, was the other one who had a breakout yeah, year. A, he went. He went from being in and out of the team to being a lock in the back line. So and I, I, I tell you, who talking about back line, Blake Hardwick. That's yeah, because uh, he's become like the rock down the back there. He's he was sensational. It was good to see Connor Downey in uh, the l- second last game. Yeah, against the Dogs. I yeah. thought he was okay. Played. He was okay. I good thought he was good. And, you know, he was one that, uh, I mean, I didn't really watch Box Hill this season, but uh, just reading Sam Mitchell's reports, uh, he was one that was actually struggling a bit in the VFL, but he's obviously improved. And, yeah, that game against the Dogs that he played was pretty solid. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think based on that, we might see a bit more of him next season. And even yeah. uh, even one of our imports uh, we got from Collingwood last year, Tom Phillips, I, I thought he was uh, sort of a bit shaky in the first half of the season, but... In the second half, I thought he was actually pretty good. Good decision maker and he sort of improved. Maybe he got to know the players better, but he was uh, doing better. And uh, I don't know. I guess the big question, Michael, is Timmy O'Brien, will he last? Will he stay on the list or will he go? Because I thought he was, I think he's a better backline player than a forward, but, you know, our backline's pretty good. So what do you reckon? Um, Timmy O'Brien. Just before I get to him, glad you mentioned Tom Phillips. yeah, he. I think the first half of the year or most of the season, I was just sort of wondering why we got this guy. He didn't really seem to do much. But uh, yeah, I think in the second half of the season, he was probably delivering exactly what we wanted from him. And he, that was, he was just handy. He was just doing good thing, kicking goal, bobbing up and kicking a goal, getting a lot of the footy, getting involved. Um, yeah, his, his skill level seemed to go up. That probably had something to do with the team gelling a lot more. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree on Phillips. I don't know if he's the future, but, yeah, he was definitely getting... He was de- definitely giving us what we wanted out of him in that second half. So he was he was pretty good in the end. Tim O'Brien, um, I, maybe we'll just move on to our list and who we see, who we might see, uh, what sort of changes we might see. I, I, this is very unpopular, I think, with you, Marcus. I think you're going to shout me down. But uh, personally, I would move on Tim O'Brien. Um, I know well, he's popular. I mean, I can see where that's coming from. I mean, he's been on this for a, how many years? Seven years? I don't oh, know, longer a long than that. Time. 
nearly and, ten, uh, I think. He's he's been, you know, you know, playing here and there and every once in a while and taking the odd specky, missing ninety percent of them. Took that beautiful mark during this. Like it's probably going to be mark of the year, but but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's a controversial figure amongst but Hawthorne fans. I actually fans. think if he he's got a bit of cachet, so he could be traded to another club for something reasonable. Look, they might keep him, but um, I, I guess uh, to me, he, he never worked as a key forward. I'm, fine, I'm glad that experiment appears to be over. Um, and as a pinch hitting ruckman, I just think, you know I'd, I'd rather have a real ruckman in there. So I, I I don't think that ever worked. His best position is obviously defence. And he had some really good games, um, and particularly in that back back end of the season and against the Bulldogs. I think it was he was fantastic, and against Brisbane as well. So, you know, he he can be a good defender sometimes. But, you know, we've seen him play back there over the years as well, and it never really lasts. Like he he plays a few good games in a row, and then he sort of drops off, and then he's out of the side, and then they try him in the forward line again. I mean, this is just a cycle with him. So, I'm not convinced that he has. He now rejuvenated himself, and that he's a lock in the twenty-two for next year. Uh, I would, I would move him on. I, I'd rather see, because remember, Sicily's back next year, and he plays the same uh, position. So I think that already forces O'Brien out of the team. And then, of course, Granger Barras is someone I think we should be getting, giving the most opportunity as possible. And I'd hate to see O'Brien keeping Granger Barras out of the team. So mm. I think we've got that spot covered. So I would move on Tim O'Brien, or at least, you know. Offer him some sort of backup role that that you know Michael Hartley currently fills. So, uh, yeah, I I I would move on O'Brien, but that's me. Um, I know you know some people love O'Brien. So, there are a lot of O'Brien defenders out me out there. Don't get me wrong. So, mm. uh, so I mean I think we probably will keep him, but I I, I don't see this. There's a view out there that he's rejuvenated himself. I don't really I don't buy it. I'd like I'd like to see a whole season of that again before I would be willing to buy that. Um, another player that it was probably looking like he was not the future, but has had a really, has really rejuvenated himself is Daniel Howe. Um, his last month of the season in particular was really strong. Um, so he's gone from being a probably a fringe player to being an absolute lock in the 22. I don't know if that'll continue, but it's really good to see that some of these guys that were maligned um, have sort of found some form. Yep, I agree. He's actually been pretty good. I mean, he's they're playing him on the wing. I think that's where he plays, that sort of position on the ground. And uh, he, he always seems to find himself in the right spot at the right time, taking that mark or just being available. I, he definitely, yeah, he surprised me, Michael. He surprised yeah, every Hawthorne supporter. He's been getting a lot of the footy. He had 34 touches yeah. against the Bulldogs. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, he backed that up with another 25 against Richmond. So... Yeah, he's in, he's in good form and his skills seem to have improved. So yeah, I um, I'm coming around to Daniel Howe. I can <laughs> see now that he's bringing something. He and Nash and O'Brien had really good finishes, but that Nash and Howe in particular looked looked really strong and they made the midfield that much better. Yeah. Um, in terms of players that might be moved on, um, I'm sort of looking at, at you know who could be delisted. I'm I'm not sure. I think. Uh, Keegan Brooksby is a. I know. I understand he's a backup ruckman. So the fact that he didn't play much or didn't play at all this season maybe doesn't mean anything. But he's also, I think, thirty-one or thirty-two. I'm wondering whether he'll be moved on or whether he'll retire, and they might go for someone a bit younger. 
Um, Michael Hartley, again, I know he's a backup sort of defender, but I'm wondering whether they might move him on as well uh, and maybe just go with someone younger. Uh, Finn McGuinness, uh, it might be a bit too early to call. Uh, apparently Sam Mitchell rates him, but uh, the fact that he couldn't cut it in the midfield at, at Box Hill and is now playing in defence, a position that we have covered by a lot of young guys, I sort of wonder about his future too. Yeah, he does seem to be uh, struggling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the other one is Josh Morris, and I know he kind of came good. I think that might have saved him. Um, yeah, but... I, I, well, Sam Mitchell had him playing on the halfback flank, and he was, I mean, I watched a few of those Boxall games, and he was doing very well. He yeah. definitely knows how to read the play. I mean, he looked like he knew how to read the player, and he was taking some lovely marks and the dash off the half back line. But then again, that's another backman, Michael. Mm. <laughs> I know, we've got a lot of them. Got plenty so... of backmen. Yep, yep. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, I guess moving towards the trade period, there's not much to say because Hawthorne, I don't think, will be doing much trading. Um, there's only two players I've really been linked to. Uh, the first one was Lockie Schultz from Fremantle. He's a small forward. He's 23 years old. Uh, he's he's in their best 22. I, I don't, I've got to say, I've never seen the guy play. Um, Hawthorne obviously rate him. I don't know what sort of price he would hold at that you know, in terms of um, a trade, like what sort of draft pick he would be worth. I wouldn't have thought he'd be one worth one of our top three picks. But, yeah, look, I, I, my understanding is that, and I'm just getting this from other reports, is that he wants to stay in WA. I think his family are all there, so I, I don't think he even wants to come to Hawthorne. So uh, I don't think that'll happen. Um, the other one that Hawthorne have been linked with is uh, Max Lynch, who is a ruckman. He's a 22-year-old ruckman for Collingwood, um, who has got really good form in the VFL, but he just can't crack a game with Brody Grundy at, at Collingwood being their dominant ruckman. So I think, I, I, I don't know about Schultz, but I like the idea of them going after a young ruckman, um, particularly since we've got four ruckmen on our list and uh, three of the four are over 30. So we definitely need some more youth in that department. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. But I, I, I think when we try, in terms of trading, if we do do any trading, it, it won't be anyone high profile. It'd just be someone like a Max Lynch or a Lockie Schultz that is maybe on the fringe or, or just uh, maybe a specific needs player that we're going after. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, McAvoy and McAvoy has been he had actually a pretty good season, I reckon, McAvoy. Um, but Segler's sort of a bit, you know, he's okay. Uh, Reeves, I think, is the exciting one of the bunch. I think there's something about him which really, uh, I don't know, I can see going forward that kid's going to be something special. Just got a feeling. Um, he just showed, showed bits and pieces which should have gave us, a, I think, all the supporters room for to feel, you know, that we've got something on our hands here. But, yeah, oh, well, look, I think the ruck stocks need fixing up a bit. But, you know, there's a whole lot there. Well, actually, Michael... You know, we've got um, pick number five or six or whatever it is. Uh, what are we going to go for? What's it going to be? Right. The best player available or a forward or a mid? What? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I'm just, I've am just i been going through a few phantom drafts and trying to work out who Hawthorne might pick up. Um, this draft, uh, we've got pick five, but in all likelihood, it'll be pushed out to pick seven. Um, the reason for that is that there are two father-son players that... Uh, will most likely be taken in the top three, which will push our pick two spots back. 
So uh, I'm sort of looking at who's available in that in that area. And, and look, to be honest, most of the players available are midfielders. Um, there seem to be a lot of midfield forward players in this in this draft. So goal kicking midfielders, um, which is good. That's, That's something good. that we need. We need. Um, there are a couple of defenders as well. I, I hope Hawthorne don't go for a defender. I feel like that's one position that we don't need. But we know in the past they've been really keen to just go for the best possible player, like the most talented player available. So I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if we got uh, another defender. Um, I don't think it's likely, but I, I, at the same time, I you know I could see it happening. So. I'll just go through a couple of names, and this is all very speculative, of course. But um, okay, we'll, we'll round off the top three. So um, Nick Dacos is considered the best player in the draft. Um, Jason Horn Francis is considered also in that top three, and 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 Sam Darcy's the other one. Now, two of those guys are going to go father son, so we won't really get our hands on any of them. Um, then beyond that. Um, uh, it, it, it those three will be a lock in the top three, I think. So I don't think we'll get our hands on any of those guys. Um, beyond that, um, we're looking at uh, possibly Finn Callahan, who is a goal kicking midfielder who can play on the wing. Um, ben Hobbs, who is a, a goal kicking midfielder again. Um, Josh Ward, another you know um, inside midfielder who can kick goals. Uh, then uh, Josh Gibkiss is around that. He's in a phantom draft by done by Cal Toomey. Josh Gibkiss is, is listed at pick seven. So this is exactly where we would come into the draft. So pick seven um, is Josh Gibkiss, who is a key defender, best key defender in the draft. I guess we got Granger Barras last season. So would we go for another key defender? I think unlikely, but you know um, it could happen. Um, but I, the player that I think we might go for. Um, and someone who's listed at being around this seven or eight draft pick is a guy called Josh Rochelle, who's a, a forward midfielder. So the player he's been likened to is Toby Green from GWS, so a similar sort of player. So that that's a, a, a half forward midfielder. So I, I think that'd be a really nice fit um, if we could get someone like that. Um, also, there's another guy called Mac Andrew, who's a really athletic ruckman, sort of like a... He's been likened to a Paddy Ryder or a Nick Natanui. So, you know, could, could we go for a Ruckman with our first pick? Possibly. Um, it's really, I think, that that first pick, though, will, will likely fall to to one of the goal-kicking midfielders. But what, one thing that we don't, well, that we probably won't be getting with our first pick, just based on what's available, is a key forward. So I think if we were to get a key forward, that would come with our second pick. Um I don't want to go on about this too much because I could really talk all day about um, you know all the different scenarios that we could go through. But but one player that it's sort of projected to be taken around pick thirteen or, or pick fourteen around that area is um, Tyler Sonzi, who earlier this year was sort of considered top five. He's dropped off a little bit. I think he's had some injuries, but he's actually you might know that name, Marcus, because he played a few games for Box Hill earlier this season. Oh. So he's already, yeah. So he's already got that link to to Hawthorne. So Tyler Sonzi, another goal kicking midfielder. Um, he's been, mm-hmm. um, he's tall. He's quite quite a tall midfielder. And um, when I saw, I, now that one of the few Box Hill games I did watch this year was one in which Sonzi was playing, and I thought he looked fantastic. You know, he was a real line breaking pack bursting sort of midfielder. And I remember at the time thinking, like, wow, if he was on Hawthorne's list, he would get a game next week. 
and you know he's 17 when he plays that game so yeah uh, that he that's someone 17. he was 17 years old when he played that game um so you know uh that's he might I don't think he's projected at pick thirteen. Um, we've got pick seven and uh, sorry, pick five, which will probably end up being pick seven, and then our next pick isn't until the twenties. So, you know, likely we won't get him, but I, you know, he, he we might jump, we might t- uh, surprise everyone and take him a bit earlier than expected and go with him with our first pick. Uh, I'm only really saying that because he has that link to Hawthorne already. Mm. Um, I'm not sure why he played for Box Hill. I don't know how that works, but I'm wondering whether whether they rate him somewhat or whether they, they consider him um, the kind of player they might get with their first pick. So, yeah, yeah Tyler Sunsey, one, one to watch. I like your research, um, Michael. Good stuff. No worries. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe, you know, I'm not going to bother going through names, but if we do get a midfielder with our first pick... Um, you know, do we go for another key forward? Is that something that we'd, we'd be looking to get or, or maybe we'll get another midfielder? I'm not sure. We'll see. But um, I'm excited. I mean, this is where, in terms of moving forward, um, you know, on, on the ladder, um, the, the draft is really where it's going to happen. So uh, really important that we nail these picks, particularly our early ones. Yep, good stuff. Um, Michael, I reckon we've covered just about everything which is uh, yeah. awesome because there is so much to talk about and I'm glad we've had to cover the whole breadth this episode. Uh, look, I'm excited about 2022 and, um, you know, I think we're going to make the finals next year with a bit of luck. That's just me, though. And uh, uh, But, you know, I'm just excited to see how this draft goes and how the young players, uh, how it all turns out. I'll be, I mean, I read those morons who are... Uh, saying, oh, I'm not going to subscribe to Hawthorne again because, you know, Clarkson's leaving. Oh, my God. They're missing out on the possibility of a lifetime here because I don't know about you, Michael, but I can't wait to get back up the ladder and start crushing those teams like a poker cup, destroying (laughs) them all again and getting back to our rightful position on top of the ladder and looking down at the rubbish below us. That's what I'm looking forward to, Michael. I've just got a feeling it's going to come a little sooner than we'd hoped or than we'd expected. We're always hoping. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. Um, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> not expecting finals. I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not expecting finals next season, but yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to next year. I, I think I I, hopefully it'll just be more of what we saw in the second half of the year, which is just because the most exciting thing, the best thing that you can have as a supporter when your club is down the bottom and, you know, which is probably not going to win the flag or make, even make finals is just to see where the improvement's coming from. And that's always with the young guys. So uh, I just want to see eight debutants this year. That's fantastic. Let's see, you know, hopefully another eight more next season. Um, I'm just really looking forward to seeing all these young guys come through and, and improve even further. And the other exciting thing is the the Mitchell brand. What does that look like? I'm excited yep. to see what he brings to this bunch of players, to oh our game plan, how we differentiate themselves from all those other teams who look identical to me. They're all playing a same style. Can we find something that actually positions us in a world where they're catching up to us. I'm looking forward to that, Michael. Yep, so am I. Can't wait. 
Okay, folks, uh, I reckon that'll wrap us up. Michael, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Geez, that went a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Lots to talk about. Um, It's been a while talking about Hawthorne. Uh, Look, folks, we love Hawthorne. We know you do as well, too. And we're very excited about how how the draft turns out and next season as well, too. Come on, mighty Hawks. Michael, let's give it to them. Come on, let's go. Come on, mighty Hawks. We love you. (laughs) Good on you, folks. See you next time. Come on, Hawks. Thank you. You beauty. Lewis brilliantly Gunston Burgoyne to put them in front. He doesn't miss. He's kicked three. Hawthorne back in front. Boundary throw in. Hale body to body with Sandilands. A remarkable athlete knocked it to the wrong man. Bruce. Bruce goes through and kicks a goal. Still with Rioli. Real chance. Hawthorne are in now. Rioli pinpoint. Kick the full forward. Burgoyne. With Mackey, what a big play. Burgoyne gets it back. Gunston's got four. And they're coming now.